Welcome back. Welcome to the Sports Block Podcast, off for a week, and uh, we were both on vacation. Travis Krenz, my good friend, and I were both off at separate locations. Uh, Travis, welcome back here. Uh, how was Denver? Denver was good. We didn't spend a lot of time in Denver. We were on the outskirts. We were out in the mountains, mainly to the west. So, good time had by all. Got to see the mountains. Got some good stuff. So. Did you get to go to the flea market and buy hats? We did both of those things, yes. Very good. Went to the flea market. A lot of hype. The first day. Yep, go ahead. On Friday, the, uh, yeah, two Fridays ago, we went there, and a lot of the things weren't open. Maybe half of them were open. We still spent three or four hours there. Uh, I ended up getting seven hats for about uh, $80, $90, so 12 bucks a hat or so. So got two Jordan hats, which are obviously counterfeit. <laughs> got a, a Vikings hat, a Lakers hat, a Jaguars hat. Ooh, David Schottenkirk will be very happy with that. We're excited. I got a Wyoming Cowboys hat. And uh, maybe the steal of the of the, uh, of the day was a Vancouver Canucks hat. Ooh, I like it. Now, did you buy the Wyoming Cowboys hat because you had Josh Allen on your fantasy football team last year? Big Laramie? Big, uh, big fan of Wyoming now because of him. <laughs> uh, I, the, I was looking for hats, and there was this one one person had a lot of hats. They had a lot of hats, and I don't know where these people get their stuff at. Like that, a couple of hats I got said "sample not for sale," so whatever that means. And a lot of these things look to be from Mexico or counterfeit or really cheap. Like there's these huge duffel bags. Like how much do you think like a huge duffel bag? usually goes for like in a store or if you want to buy like a huge what well, depends on the bag, ma- de- depends on the material um i would say it could go upwards towards a, like 150 dollars maybe and they're selling them for like 20 25 bucks okay yeah that seems fairly cheap here but again it depends on material i suppose you can put a couple of 10 year old kids in these duffel bags they're just huge <laughs> and it's selling them for like 20 20 bucks and we got a bunch of fruits uh, got some cherries for a dollar a pound. We got so oranges, twenty pounds of oranges for twenty bucks. A lot of the fruit was a dollar per pound, so we uh, stacked up on that stuff. Did you get and, the Colorado yeah, got, peaches? I didn't see any peaches really. Oh, um, I would have got some of if they had some, but just loads of lots and lots of good produce and cheap so that was like if I lived in Denver like I would go there every couple of weeks for my fruit and anything else it's what two dollars to get in so more than worth it and uh, it was a Friday if it was Saturday more stuff would have been opened up but just lots of lots of stuff there so that was that was good our first night we stopped in Cheyenne Wyoming and we went to a Italian place, as you would in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yes, yes, that that's the first thing I think of when I think of Cheyenne. And uh, like, to me, it was like authentic Italian. I don't know food or the one waiter we had. He was an Italian, and this was a nice place. And we didn't plan to eat here. We just kind of looked down the road where to go. Mm-hmm. And one of the best uh, pastas I've ever had. Really. It, 
unbelievable. In Cheyenne, Wyoming, good play was called Napoli's. And I had uh, my uh, chicken Alfredo with, there was something else in there, chicken Alfredo with mushrooms or something. And it was excellent. The sauce was excellent. Melissa had something that was good, like spaghetti noodles with marinara sauce and peppers and this and that. And it was it was excellent Italian food in southeast Wyoming. Very surprised. Wow, indeed, indeed. Well, that's good. I'm glad you got the best Italian meal of your life in uh, the middle of cowboy or in cowboy country. Uh, you did some hiking as well, correct? Uh-huh. Did some hiking couple of spots the big one was a bit too much for me <laughs> it was probably it was probably six miles i would say five Holy six miles shit that's a long ways we kept walking and there was this little waterfall at the end we kept walking it was like three trails in one and it was about three hours to get there and about 90 minutes to come back going downhill and then we ran out of water about halfway through, which is bad. Yeah. And then that night, I just puked for the first time in probably a decade plus. Oh, no. That's so, not good. Just got too hot, too hot. Didn't feel well. We had a nice supper of, like, you know, pulled pork and mac and cheese and watermelon and stuff might be all over, and I was just <laughs> dabbing at it. I was not feeling good at all. Oh, no. Probably the floodgates opened, so that was on a... Uh, yeah, Monday night, and I felt a lot better when that happened, as you usually do. Yes, yeah, yeah. The heat exhaustion and lack of water that yeah, that wouldn't be wouldn't be good at all. And the wedding was good. It was that like maybe a five minute wedding? You said it was. Uh, my my cousin had a five minute wedding. This one was maybe fifteen. It wasn't a whole okay. lot longer. It was a fairly quick wedding. Was fine. You know, I had the barn and things that we didn't like, but it was. It was fine. We left about 8 o'clock, got home. Our first cabin was in the middle of nowhere, in the mountains. Good location. You had no idea it was there if you didn't know about it. Second cabin, nice cabin, but it was in town, just next to any other residential area, so that was disappointing. But uh, the first cabin was excellent. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff. We ended up in Gillette, Wyoming, our final night. It had a Chinese restaurant, which was not quite as good. Um, big portions, I liked it. Melissa did not like hers. Oh, no. So, what'd you get? The what, like, are you a general ch- uh, general sow chicken? Are you beef and broccoli? What what's uh, what's the Chinese meal of choice? I forget the name of whatever the hell I ordered was, but it was basically just everything on a plate. It was like twelve dollars. It was a huge portion. I couldn't finish it. It was just everything. You name it, it was on this food. You know, it was a little beef, a little chicken, uh, a little well, celery. Okay. You know, a little bit of everything, a little rice, uh, mushrooms, everything in a stir-fry type thing was on this deal. Six or seven different things. So I thought it was good, good portions. So and we uh, ended up in Gillette, Wyoming, our final night. Very good. Very good. Well, I'm glad you had a good trip. Um, I My phone died on me during vacation so i was kind of unplugged from society for a little bit which was i guess good um kelsey said i handled uh life without a phone much better than she thought i would so i don't know what that says about me but uh, uh fine vacation overall and uh, now we get back to the heart of 
things here, and you know we're really going to ramp up here with the sports talk here as you know college football and the NFL get going again, and we'll get to the college football talk here in just a, a moment because uh, significant news coming out this week. Uh, I guess more college sports, but I mean with college football coming up, it it seems like it factors that in a little bit. It impacts that a little bit more, at least as of now. But uh, we're going to begin our, our conversation as uh, feel like we have over the uh, over the last several podcasts and stuff with a little bit of a heavier topic, and that is uh, regarding Simone Biles in the Olympics. You know, we've talked about um, Naomi Osaka and her um, issues with with mental health, and uh, you know, pulling out of you know like Wimbledon and. Yeah, you know, the French Open and and whatnot. Not wanting to talk to the media. Uh, the, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about what Stephen A. Smith said, and um, you know about um, Shohei Otani, and then we were talking about the whole conundrum of issues that ESPN is having. Stuff Maria Taylor subsequently now with NBC and at the Olympics in Tokyo here. Um, here as if I'm there, I'm not. Uh, but Simone Biles uh, pulled herself out of the team all-around gymnastics competition the other night, and the U.S. wound up winning silver, which was the first time in some, like, what, like 30 years or something that the team didn't win gold. It's been a very long time since they haven't won gold in the team all-around in gymnastics. The Russian uh, Olympic Committee won, uh, won gold, so good for them, I guess. But... Biles is the story here because she pulled out and no one knew if it was uh, because of an injury or, or what the deal was. She didn't look right in warm-ups and then she talked about it afterwards. She said, I just wasn't feeling right and so she wanted to you know, have the focus be on the team and she wanted you know, the rest of her teammates to, to do what they did and you know, let the focus be on them. She has since pulled out of the individual all around. It sounds like it's again, it's the mental health, and again, I'm not going to be one that really judges anyone's mental health, but or you know, like anyone's mental health issues. But this is seems uh, this has really generated a lot of discussion because of and, and there's criticism abounding, you know, towards Biles, which I don't necessarily get uh, she is a star athlete she is arguably the biggest star sports athlete in the world uh people know who she is she's very good at what she does she is the queen of of, of gymnastics and this her pulling out because of like just the mental health aspect and the twisties is um nastia lukin was talking about like maybe not being aware of kind of where you're at in the air on the vault or or whatnot, uh, it's it's generated a lot of conversation, and once again, a high-profile athlete choosing to pull out of a competition because of uh, because of mental health and not a physical injury, just again, has generated a lot of conversation. Yeah, well, she's the number one gymnast in the world, and she's 24, so maybe this will be it for her, I don't know. But and with the with the mental thing, I think it's hard for some people to grasp that because she goes out there and she looks okay and she's not injured. She doesn't have a broken ankle or a broken arm, and like she could maybe probably physically do it. And 
do it well. Maybe not as well as she would like, but she could do what she needs to do. But then she pulls herself out of the competition. You know, at, at the biggest moment at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So disappointing for her and the team. But I, it's, it's yeah, you just can't you can't explain it because I because we just, I mean you just can't explain what's going on in their heads and what their issues are. You know, we would um, if you if like you were the number one radio personality in the country and you had all of these people tuning into like a, a, a show that we if, or if we were the number one. Uh, like podcast team in the country, we had the number one podcast, and everyone like with millions of downloads and stuff. We were like the we're like the Dan Levitards or the you know the Dan Patricks, whoever that might be. And we all of a sudden, and, and like and again, we're not athlete, we aren't athletes. But if all of a sudden, like you have all these people, and maybe uh, just the, the mounting pressure of oh, okay, we have this huge show, we got to like do something here to like amplify it, and all of a sudden we just kind of crumble underneath. The pressure would be like, wow, I, we can't deliver what people expect of us. That would, I, I guess that's kind of the equivalence that I can do. Like, of course, we're, we're nowhere, that's no, never going to happen. At least I don't think so anyway. I mean, and that's in apples to oranges comparisons per se. But it is that kind of, everyone's looking up to you as you are the best. And... If you can't deliver to the expectations set by yourself and the expectations of those around you, I can understand where that just doesn't, where it could really get to you. Like if you are at her level, if you're a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or whoever, there's going to be a lot of pressure in your job and there's going to be expectations that you have to be the best at what you do, and if who knows what what her issues are, you know maybe more will come out later. Of what maybe it's the pressure of are you have to win, you have to win gold, and you have to be the best. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And she's done but, this. She's she's won gold before. She has been in the Olympics. She's fought through injuries. So it's not like this is the first go around for her. So. And I and I do think you know that some of the conversations been regarding COVID and not having the family support system there, the fans in the stands to kind of just give you that energy and stuff. And every athlete has to deal with it at these Olympics because there are no fans or very few fans at uh, at these events. But I can understand where if you don't have that support system and the year uh, off with because the, the Olympics were supposed to be last year and just kind of throws everything off, you know, kilter and, and stuff with all the training and the and the uh, qualifying events and whatnot that you have to go through. I can understand where that would also add to the pressure, perhaps it help um, lead to some mental health issues. And I think it affects everybody differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what she's going through or who knows what specific thing is. But it seems like those who are the top level athletes, they have that ability to, to push. So, when you have a, a Naomi Osaka do what she did, and she's expected to, you know, compete in all majors and just to pull out of a major, that's, that's a big deal. So, we, mm-hmm. something that we haven't. From athletes, it's you know, we haven't seen somebody 
of their level pull out of competitions and say, I'm out not due to a physical injury, but due to something mental. So it's, yep. it's something different that we haven't seen really ever. I don't remember. No, it, it isn't. But I think it's one, you know, that like Kevin Love kind of started when he started, you yep. know, and he took, uh, when he had those anxiety or panic attacks and he had to take a leave of absence from the NBA, you know, for a few games and stuff. And he started talking about his issues with mental health and, um, and I think, you know, just the, in all the stresses and everything that he had going on, I think that opened the door for so many other athletes to kind of say, like, okay, this is okay if I open up about this. It is okay if I open up about the struggles. Michael Jordan, you know, I guess uh, early, I, I don't know how long ago this was. I think it was relatively recent, though, said he doesn't know if he could have survived, uh, you know, or, like, played as well as he did um in the 90s, if Twitter was around then, and and, and the social media stuff. I mean, social media is a huge cause of this. I mean, everywhere, I mean, and part of it is you're showing off, you know, if these athletes are on social media a lot, showing what they're doing, you know, their trainings, where they're at, you know, what they're having to eat and whatnot. I mean, they have millions of of followers. Uh, But with that comes a lot of the the pressure and, and these comments, very negative comments, and people want to naturally be liked. They don't want to be hated unless you're Clay Travis, right? Uh, he's not, or uh, uh, Tucker Carlson. But these guys have, um, I, I didn't mean you. I said Clay Travis, just for the record. Uh, people, people play a character on TV. Yes, yes. Uh, like the wrong people. Yep. Um, so you... You just you have all this, so there's a huge combination of factors here, and I I give Simone Biles a lot of credit because she elected to do this on the world's biggest stage, with the chance to win that gold medal, and I she has to be aware that there's going to be a, an abundance of criticism geared towards her for doing this, and the people are going to say, well, Tom Brady would never do this in the Super Bowl, or uh, you know. LeBron James or Michael Jordan wouldn't do this. Yada yada yada. I think these are these are separate incidents. This is uh, this is on the world stage. You're playing a, a sport, you know, within just the United States. Like, and not all eyes of the world are on you, as they are in the Olympics. Um, I hope she's able to come back. I hope she's able to get the help that she needs. I think again, it leads to a lot of conversation. I wish she wouldn't have to go through this. I don't know. How severe it is, it must be pretty severe. She's pulling out of the team and now the individual all around. But it, it it's it's sad that that's what that that's what's had to happen here, and you know all the issues I guess that they've gone through. And, and you know, U.S. gymnastics is going through a turbulent time and stuff with the Dr. Larry Nasser, uh, you know the the sexual assaults and everything like that. Um, it, so maybe she hasn't received the support that she needs either. I know Allie Raisman, a former U.S. gymnast, went on CNN after Simone pulled out of the team competition and blasted the U.S. gymnastic, United States gymnastics for maybe not providing her the support and just says, you know, it's kind of trash and whatnot. So I don't know the, you know, the stability of that organization either as it specifically relates to Simone Biles. But I think we're going to see more and more of this, which is both good and bad. I'm glad that these athletes feel like they can open up and hopefully they get the help that they need to. And maybe as a society, we will be as accepting of this 
here. I, I think for the most part we're accepting of it, and I know I'm rambling on here, but I think we're accepting of it for the most part. It's those few that aren't that um, hopefully the more and more athletes that come uh, out with these, you know, saying that they have these mental issues, that they, they can get the help, that there's the understanding from the public, from the fans that's necessary in these situations. And it will one day maybe not be nearly as big a story, kind of like with uh, with Carl Nassib, the Raiders defensive lineman who came out as gay a few uh, weeks ago, or the, the there's a Nashville Predators player that recently came out as gay as well. You know, hopefully, like, one day, those aren't going to be huge stories, uh, you know, when a player comes out as gay. Same thing here on the mental health side. Hopefully, we don't see a lot of this going forward, but if we do, that it becomes less and less of a story as we realize that these people just aren't athletes and we put them up on a pedestal like gods, but they are at the very core and at the very end of the day, human beings. With Twitter and all that, like it'd be something to have, you know, millions of followers and thousands of comments on anything that you post out there. And there's going to be good and bad with that. But I'd like to think, like, if, you know, I wouldn't care what people thought, like the idiots out there that criticized, like, like they have no idea who you are, so who are they in, you know, in a position to criticize you for something they have no idea about. So I'm sure that affects people differently. And some people take take that harder than others. So, and whatever problem is, hopefully it's fixed because she's really good at what she does. Or maybe this is it for her. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of. Yeah, I don't know what Katie Ledecky goes through. Katie Ledecky is arguably. Uh, I guess Simone Biles is probably slightly better at her sport than Katie Ledecky is at hers. I mean, it, it, it's very very close. Uh, but Katie Ledecky, fantastic in the pool. Uh, like I wonder if she, you know what she goes through. Michael Phelps apparently said that he had some um, mental issues as well when he was at the top of his sport. So it's not just you know the the athletes now. I mean, athletes have been dealing this f- for a while now, and I think now maybe they feel a little safer coming out and saying that they did. You know, maybe that's because they are done. You know, playing or you know swim in Michael Phelps's case, swimming in his field. Um, and they feel safer coming out and doing this, but you know, with these current athletes and stuff, and, and the best in the world at what they do, the Naomi Osaka's, the the uh, Simone Biles, hopefully that that helps inspire, helps ease the worries and anxieties of other athletes. That yes, we can come out and say these things and and say that we're struggling and get the necessary help that we need and the support from the teammates and the coaches and fans and and whoever needs to um so that's and they make it look easy when you know, they put in all this work and they dedicate their life to, to what they're doing physically and they make it look so easy mm-hmm. and i'm sure it's not always fun to practice and do what they have to do every day to be as good as they are but right they're so good at what they do it'd be like yeah it'd be great to be kevin love and be 610 and be this great basketball player and it'd be great to be whoever to to swim or do gym, gymnastics or play tennis mm-hmm. better than almost anybody's ever done it like it'd be a, a lot of fun to do that yep uh, but after a while it probably takes its toll yep i think you forget about all the 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 early mornings the all the hours the strenuous yep. practices and trainings and everything that go into we don't see that for the most part we don't need and the pressures that all come with it 
and stuff. So, again, um, hopefully we see Simone Biles again. Who knows if we will or not. Uh, I didn't think I was going to get sucked into the Olympics. I wasn't all that. Oh, Christ almighty. I, I didn't think I was going to be excited. You know, like, okay, it's a year later. The, fan, I got you. the fans aren't there. And then I turned it on on Sunday. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Here we go again. The swimming is <laughs> swimming's really intriguing to me. Handball is my favorite summer event. I love it. I would love to get on the Olympic handball team when the Summer Olympics come to L.A. in 2028. Um, uh, the water polo is interesting to me. Uh, there are a few sports like that just get the hell out of here, like BMX, skateboarding, equestrian, uh you know, rhythmic gymnastics, get the hell, or artistic gymnastics, get the hell out of here. Like, I don't need any of this garbage. Uh, the three-on-three basketball tournament, congrats to the USA women for winning gold, but I don't need that shit. Get it out of here. I don't want baseball. I don't want golf. I don't want, I don't even really want basketball in, but I'm more accepting of that. Just get, get this shit out of here. I did, we need, like, the true Olympic sports, like, ten, like table tennis and archery and like, I guess my biggest issue is it like equestrian, BMX, and skateboarding. Just it's so ridiculous. Like I don't know what constitutes an Olympic sport. I don't know how they make the decisions of yeah, we're gonna make skateboarding. Skateboarding is an Olympic sport. Like why and how I don't know. I got obviously I don't give a crap about the Olympics. It's it's on, and then yeah, I. I you know, you, you see what's on NBC right now, and you, you tune in. Well, right now, nothing's on NBC. So. And right. uh, with the time change, it's tough because what mm-hmm. you're watching is probably not live. Yeah. Um, USA right now has got USA versus Tunisia, whatever the hell. T- Tunisia, yep. Tunisia, I think, I think this is taped. I assume it's taped. Yeah, it most uh, likely is. Most, and I wish they'd put more on the screen because, you know, it's – the graphics are fine, and it's whatever is being played is being played, but it's like, okay, what am I watching here? I'm watching a certain sport, okay, but what am I watching? Is this for the gold medal? Is this a pool play situation? What am I, is this, like, what the mm-hmm. hell am I watching? Yep. You know, like, give me more information on this. Like, right now, M- uh, N- N- NBCSN, it's France versus the Czech Republic or whoever. It's France versus somebody. Czechoslovakia, with the hell? Yeah. Well, not even a country anymore. And France is winning by 12, so okay, this is, since I know a little bit about basketball, I know this is a pool play situation, because mm-hmm. I know what's going on in the basketball, but but what am I watching here? And I was like, put that on the screen, this is a pool, pool D game, uh, France, what is their record? Are they 1-0, 2-0, 0-2, like, what is their record? Show what who's in their pool uh, fairly, you know, on a little more often than once or like, what, at all. Stake here. Who needs to win? Put mm-hmm. something on the screen so I know what the hell I'm watching. Uh, you, you turn it to something else. It's some other competition of two people playing ping pong. Yeah. Okay. Who? What? What am I watching here? This this person from China versus this person from the U.S. What? What is this? These are two people playing ping pong. What is it? What? Why should I care about this? There are two people playing. What are the stakes? Is this opening round? Is it, what what is going on? You so, want just like in the like on the either on the like the low bar, like yes. the bottom of the screen, or up like upper left or upper right? What it is? Yeah. Or, okay. 
this is the qualifying round. This is this is for the gold medal. This is for bronze. This is winner. Of this will go for the gold tomorrow. Like something, some context of what the hell I'm watching. Mm-hmm. No, that it, would help. Yep. Yeah. It, um, it is difficult. Like to, it is difficult to tell what's. Li- I mean, and I think USA and NBCSN and NBC are like if if it is a live event, they're putting it that it's live. Uh, which why? is so. It's which is not. Nice. Just assume that if it's not before ten in the morning, it's probably not live. Probably, yep. Because it's if it's not, ten, well, you're watching something that's you know, and five or six or ten or twelve hours. Yep. And Tokyo's four, fourteen hours ahead of Central Time, and these are the world's games, so we can't just we can't complain and bitch like, oh, this stuff isn't live at the most convenient time for us because when it's convenient for us, it's not convenient for the other nations of the world. So, uh, it. When it was in London, London a few years ago, that wasn't yep. too bad. Yep. That was... uh, when it was in Australia or in Asia, that's, that's probably the worst it could yes. be. Yes. Yep. Uh, no, Brisbane, no. Australia is going to be in 2032. That's 15 hours ahead, I believe. Uh, which will, I if guess it's be... in Brazil or something, that's fine. Yeah, Brazil is fine. Vancouver, when the Winter Olympics were in Vancouver, that was the best because that was two hours behind, so you could watch everything. Like, everything was going to be done by midnight, our time, pretty much. It was great. And, well, uh, 2028, when it's in uh, Los Angeles, that'll yes. be perfect. So. It's going to be fantastic. Um, uh, so, the... it, it, I don't care about the Olympics, so it's... You just tune in to see what's going on and keep tabs on it. But um, uh, yeah, you just see some some of the performances are incredible. Like the triathlon, some yes. lady finished in, but the lady from Bermuda finished in just under two hours. Yep, uh, she is the first football. ever. She's the yeah. only Olympic uh, medalist from uh, Bermuda ever to win gold, or maybe just a medal from. Uh, uh, Bermuda. So uh, uh, Duffy is their last name. You have the Philippine uh, weightlifter, 55 kilogram category, one gold, uh, Philippines' first ever gold. So you, you do have these cool stories that emerge from the Olympics, which are always fun to see that, you know, there are these great athletes. You know, we sometimes can be so self-centered in this country, like, oh, it's just, it's about the USA. And yes, you should cheer for the United States whenever. Uh, you can, you want them always to win a medal, but it is cool when you see stuff like, you know, Duffy win a gold medal for Bermuda or the weightlifter um, from the Philippines win their, their country's first ever gold. Not just their first gold in these Olympics, first gold ever. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And some of the sports, like, I have no idea what's good. Like, I watch badminton, and, you know, I you don't watch badminton ever. I mean, was this good? You see water polo on, you're like, okay, what, what's is twenty points? Is that a lot in water polo? Is fifteen a lot? I don't know. We so should... it's, it's all these sports that like nobody ever watches. And you see the synchronized diving; that's always cool. They're they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. You see gymnastics in the swimming, but it's like I have no reference of. Oh yeah, she ran the. Oh, they got track and field next week. That'll be nice. But like the swimming, she ran the. She swam the one hundred meters and. 50 seconds like I and the world record is 51 seconds like I all right so that's fastest time ever but I have no reference of swimming a hundred meters mm-hmm. like what what does that mean yeah um, a lot like in basketball you can tell all right this is good or baseball or football you can see hey because you follow these sports and you watch them all the time 
you have reference of, oh, somebody threw for 400 yards. That's really good. That doesn't happen a whole lot. So, right. The other sports are those world records set quite often. But, you know, it's, it's whatever. As I call it, it's, it's sports for people that don't like sports. Well, I like sports and I love the Olympics. Like so, and you like Olympics, so I'm maybe in the minority here with that. I don't know. It's just these are sports that you don't see unless you watch them. Right. And I think maybe that's where some of the appeal comes in because you get to see these uh, these athletes uh like, you know, like I said, like handball is especially intriguing to me. I remember playing this, I believe, or a version of it in 7th and 8th grade gym class. And it's not a sport that has any real traction going on in America. I know it's trying to, especially because America's going to have to have a a handball team for the 2028 Olympics in L.A. Uh, But it's it's massively popular in Europe. I mean, they have leagues and these these. You know, players are playing in, in leagues in Spain and Germany and all this stuff. So it's it's cool to see those sports that have such traction, like field hockey and and stuff. Um, get it? It's just cool to see other athletes that are so good. And we're like, I I've never like kayaking or you know um, slalom you know slalom kayaks and and uh, you know like badminton and stuff. Like I've never heard like we don't know how good these players are until you see them and like wow there's no way i could hit a shuttlecock that that good or have that reaction time or uh ping pong you know the diving and stuff as you mentioned i mean china's so good at diving it's it's unreal how good they are so it is cool in that regard to see just athletes from all over the world being so good at their individual crafts i'm waiting for pickleball to be an olympic sport hey it could it could happen will you will you try out for the u.s no. Okay. Um, but it's um, like why could I don't know if it is going to be or not someday. But like why not? It's like between it's between ping pong and tennis. It's it's the middle ground between those two. And I see all these other things. I'm like, yeah, why can't pickleball be be an Olympic sport? Maybe someday it will be. Well, and I, I still I, I've said before I still don't know why basketball is in the Summer Olympics. Mm-hmm. Basketball and hockey are played at the same time during the year. Yep. But hockey's in the Winter Olympics, which makes sense because it's on ice, and ice happens in the winter. Basketball is played in the winter, for the most part, early spring, yet here it is played in the middle of summer. But you can play it in the summer on the on the courts, like in in a park and whatnot. You can't necessarily play it in the winter. So Very weird. Maybe but that... that's when we play it, because it's an inside sport. Yeah. By the way, if you like do watch play... basketball on NBC, they are playing the good music, so... That that's I haven't seen them yet. That's what I hear. That's fun. That's exciting. So that like what I it's, it's the Olympics. Whatever people complain that too much stuff is on Peacock. It's like I'm not watching this shit anyway. If anybody's buying Peacock to watch this stuff, good for you. But. Well, and it's going to even be more drastic in 2022 with the Winter Olympics because NBCSN will no longer be a channel. At the I mean they're folding at the end of the year. So I wonder what how. Uh, NBC, if they're just going to put more to the streaming sites, which will suck, but um, I, I do wonder how that's going to affect what the uh-huh. Olympics look like later on. So, something something to look at there. We should play a game at some point here on if this is a uh, Olympic 
event or not. I think that would be fun because there are all these ridiculous things going on um, that, that quite frankly, again, shouldn't be in an Olympic event. So is whitewater rafting an Olympic event? I mean, that, that I think that would be fun. We can maybe do that after. Is it? Is it? I don't think so. No, it's not. Not, not that I'm What's aware of anyway. I guess you could, you know, it would be a timed event. All right, you start at the top of the hill, you get to the end, and how long did it take you to get there? I don't know. Yeah. Thought you would do it. So. I think it, it. And then, I mean, the, the men's basketball team has been atrocious. Yep. Um, they should. They're, they're probably going to medal. Are they going to win the gold? I don't know. But again, it's like you should be able to put together a random collection of people, and they should be able to beat other these other teams that have a couple of average NBA players, above average NBA players, and we can't seem to beat them. Is it wrong that I don't care that they're losing? No, and I I don't care either. It's like either have college guys do it so they're playing for something or have something to prove or get the best guys. And we like Greg Popovich, but he's kind of been an asshole during the press conferences saying, you know, it's not surprising that we lost. Well, you haven't lost in like 12, 15 years, so it is kind of surprising that you do lose. I think he's and had more losses under his watch this year than Coach K had during his entire tenure. And, like, you should win these games. Like, we're the best basketball you have, all of these players on these teams. Like, how does Kevin Durant score, like, 10 or 12 points versus France? Doesn't that speak, though, to the arrogance of the players and not necessarily the coaching staff, though? Because these are the guys no. who are on the court. I mean, how can you go 0 for 11 and 0 for 9 from 3? Like, at some point... Don't you say like, hey, I better drive into the lane and or shoot like a, a two point shot rather than try and knock something down from beyond the arc? Like at some point it's it I think it's more so I have an issue with the players versus the coaching. And you got Damian Lillard and he's probably the second best player on the team, and all these other guys, Jason Tatum and Zach Levine, and you got Chris Middleton and Devin Booker coming over from the finals right away, like how you know, I mean, does Devin Booker want to be in this thing? For God's sakes, he just lost the finals. Mm-hmm. Does Chris Middleton want to be in this thing? He just won the finals. Yep. So, you know, I, I don't know. You got JaVale McGee. How is he on the team? <laughs> I saw you know, that. Got... I had to do a double take. I'm like, I didn't even. Oh, is, this, is he really on the team? Like, you've stooped to a new low. Win. And, and no offense to JaVale McGee. But if JaVale McGee is the best that America has to offer, like, yeah, so, something's going on here. Something's happening. And, you know, and Bradley Beal got COVID, so he's out, and mm-hmm. he's a replacement for him. But how is, how is Jabail McGee even a replacement? He's, what, 34 years old. They had to look, see, even, see if he was even in the league, and he is. <laughs> it's like, how does, how does he get – how does he even get on that list of, of people that are on there? I don't, I don't even know. He scored at least one bucket against Iran, so that's that's something for him. So, good job, Jabail. He's Iran with 60 points, so – Speaking of, uh, I, know, I mean, the, the women are going to win mm-hmm. gold. They what? They won fifty in a row. And when we were at the Final Four at the Mall of America, watching the three on three, I enjoyed the heck out of that. Yeah, I did too. Because I don't think I, I don't think I was aware it was going on right there, so it was a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. And there was some money at stake, and these kind of above average college players. I don't think we ever heard of any of them, but they were they were it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty competitive. Yep, it was cool to see because it was cool. it was based on the conferences uh, and yeah. stuff. It, it was just, yeah, it, it was cool to watch in that regard. I just don't think it needs to qualify as an Olympic event. 
Yeah, like, why is that in the Olympics? I don't know. The U.S. men apparently didn't even try to put together a team, really. They didn't even make it, did they? No, no, they didn't. They didn't even make it in the bronze medal like, match. I mean, and they got that the three-on-three league again, like, you know. Take, take like, the best out of that list. Take, like, Joe Johnson and whoever else. Yeah. Latino Mobley. Take all these old guys. And, like, you know, take good, good Michael Jordan and, you know, couple other old guys how would they do in three on three olympics because it's half court you know games don't last very long when you go up to 21 or whatever mm-hmm. so like i think that'd be interesting to say hey michael jordan probably a bit too old at this point but it'd be it's kind of like the senior tour for uh, for golf right right um it's like your basketball players who are like 40 years old Speaking of basketball, congratulations is in order to the Milwaukee Bucks for coming back to beat the Phoenix Suns four games to two in the NBA Finals. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 50 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks, in uh, and 17 of 19 from the foul line in game six in the game clincher. I would argue that's probably one of the best championship performances in a, in a championship clinching game that you're ever going to see. He, uh, yeah, he reached another level winning that title. I didn't think he'd ever win a title with Milwaukee. I thought, no way are the Milwaukee Bucks going to win an NBA title. But uh, they ended up doing it. And feel bad for the Suns. They didn't win what they were up to, nothing. Mm-hmm. They were at a very good team. Um, so I hate that the Suns lost. But I'm fine that Chris Paul didn't win because I don't like Chris Paul. <laughs> so, seems like a good guy, but I can't stand him as a basketball player. I mean, player. I like him. I like the Greek freak and a guy I used to work with, Stefan Knoll. He's a huge Bucks fan. Yep. I've mentioned him before. Uh, he was a Bucks fan before they got the Greek freak, and he, you know, he's been a Bucks fan. I just randomly picked him, uh, so he's seen a lot of bad teams over the years, and uh, so I'm happy for him. He, I immediately texted him after they won. Um, he's still on cloud nine, so that's that's good there. Um, so congrats to Milwaukee for but, doing it. I guess in the end. You go with the team that has the Hall of Famer in its prime. Phoenix didn't have that, and Milwaukee did, so I guess that was that was the difference. Mm-hmm. And it's just great to see that Giannis played well. I, I think he he overcame he he silenced a lot of doubters, which is good. So they were down 0-2 versus Brooklyn. There were some injuries there, but they were done versus Brooklyn. They came mm-hmm. back to win, and Atlanta gave them a bit of a fight, and then they lose. Giannis for those last two games versus Atlanta, mm-hmm. and they'll win that series, and then lose the first two here. So, a very unlikely champion. Uh, the way it ended up being down 0-2 twice in the playoffs and coming back to win both. So, yeah, maybe we're in an era where we haven't really been in an era in the NBA where there isn't a dynasty of some sort. Seems right. like it's always LeBron or the Lakers or Golden State or some team. That is the team to beat. So it would be nice for, I don't know, a four- or five-year period to where it seems like multiple teams could win. Because that's what it felt like this year. It felt like Brooklyn. If they were healthy, they might have won. Yeah. Phoenix and Milwaukee yeah. were right there. It, uh, you know, the Clippers, if they had Kawhi Leonard, how would the Clippers have done? You know, They have made it. You know, well, Philadelphia bet all the time, but they were so close. Right. You know how we always talk about like if a conference win, a smaller conference wins uh, a game, like what, what Oral Roberts made it to the Sweet Sixteen this year, and it helped the Summit League to a degree, 
Uh, some people maybe over uh, exaggerated just how great of an impact it was. But we, we talk about, you know, just what kind of a, a win that can do to your team and to your league. Do you think that Giannis and the Bucks, like Giannis winning with the Bucks, does that help uh, strengthen the notion that you can win a title anywhere? It doesn't have to be on a super team or in a super large city in a, in a nice climate uh, like Miami or LA or you know or a big city like New York or Chicago, just winning in Milwaukee with the Bucks with a star like Giannis, does, that's got to help. Places like Minnesota with the Timberwolves or you know the the Charlotte Bobcats or New Orleans Pelicans, that's got to help those play, teams, right? Or am I overstating that? I want to say no. Okay. Like the Raptors won. Toronto's not a small city. But the Raptors won a couple of years ago, and what did Kawhi Leonard do? He just left right away, as yep. soon as he could to go to, to go to the Clippers. So, LeBron went to Cleveland, won him a title. Where did he go? He went to Lakers. Cleveland, yep. not the most glamorous of spots. So, like we've had, you know, Cleveland, Toronto, Milwaukee. These northern cities win championships, and all of their stars have left. Very um, true. Uh, with Milwaukee, with Milwaukee, it's not a they say it's not a super team, but they're really good. They got Giannis. He's a Hall of Famer, MVP. Mm-hmm. One of the three best players yep. in the league. Chris Middleton, very good. Chris Middleton's an all-star. He played excellent. Drew Holiday is an all-star. He played mm-hmm. well. So it's not Steph Curry and, you know, Clay Thompson. Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James, but mm-hmm. they're big three in – Milwaukee, they, there's there's a clear number one guy, and there's a couple of number two guys that are all stars. So they had three all stars. So that's not a lot of teams have three all stars. Very true. Very true. So a lot of people understate how good they are. Yep. And how good those other two guys are. Uh, congratulations is in order also to Colin Morikawa for winning the Open Championship. Oh. Louis Oosthuizen was leading after the first 54 holes. Uh, he led after 18, and led after 36, and led after 54. And uh, he didn't play his best round in round four. Colin Morikawa did. Jordan Spieth made a bit of a run there at the end. He, his putter kind of failed him on on Saturday. Uh, and not to toot my own horn, but I did pick Morikawa to win. He is my favorite golfer right now to watch. His swing is awesome. He's just a, he's a very humble, down-to-earth guy. Uh, I'm not going to go out on the Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth rant that I've gone on before, but I do wish Colin Morikawa uh, a lot of success. And it, it was it was a very fun championship to watch. I would have loved to see more weather. I would have loved to see more wind. I would have loved to see some rain. Uh, the sunny, light wind, dry conditions did make for some incredibly low scoring or low scores from a lot of guys. But overall, a very fun tournament. It's my favorite tournament. I get up early to watch it, and it, it certainly lived up to the billing. I didn't see a second of it. Uh, what were you? What would you say if I were to say that I think Colin Morikawa will win more majors than Rory McIlroy or Jones? I would say I could buy. I'll buy that in a second. Is he what he's got two already? Yep, and he's. I think it was a, I believe the, what the PGA Championship and the Open Championship, and he won each of those tournaments in his first appearance in each of those respectively. So 
I think he's only the he second player ever to do that. He's just getting started. Yeah. So, um, and those other guys, what they've won three, four, five majors, mm-hmm. and they've they've competed recently this year. They've been in the mix on a Saturday or a Sunday, but I think he's going to win. Not 10 or 12, but maybe, you know, if he could win 5 or 6, I think that's going to be more than those other guys. Yep, and i got to remember to keep Louis Oosthuizen in the in my mind when I'm picking who's going to win some of these championships because he's always in the mix. He's, <laughs> he's been, you know, the, the runner-up, the bridesmaid, so to speak, right. you know, like 11 times throughout his career in, in, in tournaments, not just major tournaments. Right. But, I mean, he's always up there on the leaderboards. Like, you, you look on Thursday and Friday, like, you know, I see a lot of stars. Oh, Louis Oosthuizen's there. Oh, I forgot that yep. you know he's so good in majors because he doesn't do any. You never hear his name really crop up or come up at all in any of the other tournaments. But when it's a major, he turns it on. Because he's a guy who's a great golfer, but he's not a star. Because we've talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But he's got two majors. He's won twice. I want to say he has one more major than that. But... Let me, uh, well, like, let's say like, well, if he would have won all, let's say he would have won five or six. Like, how big of a star is he now that all of a sudden he has five? Like, if you win five or six, that's you know, that's a big deal. So, right, it's it's interesting that he's always in the mix. He always finishes second or third, but you know, it's to put our theory to the test of if you can win a lot of majors, just doesn't mean you're a big star because you have to have a, a certain charisma to you to you just can't be a good golfer yep and let's see where he I just want to know how many majors he's won he is he's he won the open championship in 2010 yeah and he won the mat i thought he won the masters didn't he maybe not that's finished tied for uh... second there is he just won one major yeah, he just won one. He's finished second in the Masters, and this is a long time ago. He finished second in the PGA a couple months ago. So he has all he has all these. Uh, what he has five runner-ups. Yeah, only has the one. Amazing. I would have thought I thought for sure he had more than one. I thought for, he had won the Masters, but yeah. well, guess not. Um, yeah, so he's very good. But again, congrats to Colin Morikawa and uh, and uh, congratulations. A congratulatory pat on the back uh, to me for finally getting a pick right and not jinxing a guy. So, uh, very good. Uh, baseball, any anything of note that you, uh, from the baseball uh, season since the All-Star break, uh, we didn't talk last week, but anything of note, do you have a pitcher hitter this week or we want to postpone that to next week? I'll postpone that to next week. Okay. Uh, um... Trade deadline is Friday. I believe it's the 30th, for whatever reason, not the 31st. Okay. So a trade deadline is Friday. It's always exciting. Nelson Cruz is gone from the Twins. He's a Ray now. Yeah. They heard of him, which I'm fine with. He's been, ever since he got there, he's been their best hitter. Mm -hmm. And you can't say enough about him. He was excellent. He was an A-plus signing in every way. Any chance, any chance they re-sign him in the offseason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, what, 41, going to be 42. So, yeah, it sounds like he is interested in coming back. And if I was the Twins, I would obviously want him back. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Rooker has come up. He's done well in the DH spot last couple of days. So, 
they've got guys there that they could shuffle in and out in the DH spot if they don't bring him back. They probably won't, but I, it would be great if he were to come back because he's been exceptional, mm-hmm. and he should continue to play as long as he can hit. And what is it? He's at two home runs already for Tampa. Yep. So. And I think if the feeling's mutual, I think they should go in at it. What do you think of the the, the prospects that they got? Oh, uh, well, Joe Ryan was the better of the two pitchers, and they got this other pitcher. Uh, I think one of them or both of them are in Team USA, so they're over in Japan right now. I think both of them are. So okay. that's interesting. So they probably won't get going in, for the St. Paul Saints until, you know, early August. And uh, they're in AAA, and it sounds like they're – pretty close to being ready to be called up so they, do they call them up in September you know they could I, I doubt they will because they usually drag their feet all the time on those guys but they got two guys hopefully they're okay uh, I think Joe Ryan is the guy I'm more excited about and if you don't see him this September I would say you would see them both next year and that's what they need they need pitching because the pitching has sucked something fierce and and the the they're both top twenty prospects right within the Rays organization. Yeah, the uh, Joe Ryan he's six for the Twins, maybe number six for the Twins. Other guy I think is outside the top ten. So we'll see. I mean, again, if he can sign Nelson Cruz, that's a great deal to get those two guys for just two months of Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the Twins are kind of the team with the best selection of guys for the trade deadline. They've got the best hitter in Nelson Cruz. They've got the best pitcher in Jose Barrios. I don't believe they will trade him or should they even entertain the thought. Not unless, unless you, get a, you get a heaping reward in return. Yeah. Um, like Bar- Barrios is good, kind of been disappointing to me, but he's obviously their best pitcher. And he's young and you want to keep him. So keep him. Anybody else, like Taylor Rogers, he heard his middle finger last night, so he was talked about being traded. He's another guy I would not give up unless I was blown away. He's your best reliever and your bullpen has been terrible. So let's not already thin out a terrible pitching staff. Uh, Michael Pineda pitched great last night. I would trade him. I'd be fine with that. Josh Donaldson has been, has been fine. He's been as good as he usually is. I'd be okay with trading him though. Um, Max Kepler, I don't Really like him much. He's just average. That sounds like they want a lot for him. So he's likely not to get traded, even though he's been rumored. So I don't think they're going to. Um, maybe Michael Pineda, and that'd be about it. You know, we'll see who they trade here in the next couple of days, but I don't see them. They've got a lot of guys who a lot of people would be interested in because they got a lot of talent. This is a good team, but they just had a terrible year. They've got a lot of guys out there. And today, did you see today's game? 17-14 uh, today. Uh, the, and I love the AP headline here. Lions, Vikings, question mark? Nah, Tigers top twins by NFL like 17-14 final. That's great. What a great headline. Tigers were up 10 nothing. Yeah. 14. Twins, twins made it 13-12. Miguel Sonoida, 470-footer. Uh, Twins, they're the first team ever in the history of baseball. This is what I like about baseball. You 10,000 games stacking of baseball have been played. They're the first team in Major League history to out-homer their opponent by seven and lose. Holy shit. 
had seven more home runs than Detroit today. They lost, and the Tigers are the first team in history to be out homered by seven and win a game. It's never happened before. If you hit seven more home runs in the team you're playing, you should probably win. And that has always been true, except for the game today. Yep. All but one of the Twins' runs. All but one of the Twins' runs was by a homer. That's insane. Oh. Like offense has been picking it up. Cantomayet uh, has been very good this month after being terrible. So he's like he's a guy I wouldn't trade because he's getting older and he's very cheap. Like you can't get anybody with making three, four million a year of that. He's, he's a cheap option. So trade deadline should be interesting. We'll see if Max Scherzer gets traded. Um, he probably won't, but he's, he's the biggest name out there. Uh, the Mets the are Mets interested in him, off. apparently. So. Who? The Mets. Yeah, and I, I, I don't see them going. I don't see him going to the Mets or the Nationals trading him to the Mets. Mets need some offense. They can be a, a World Series team. They just need some offense. And if he does go so Somewhere it'd be a West Coast team, I would guess. Uh, the Padres, with all they've done, they probably need another starter because Blake Snell has been awful. You uh, Darvish has been hit around a little bit, so even with all their big names, they need to keep pace because uh, the, the Giants—they're three games up on the Dodgers. Because you know the Dodgers are going to make a move with you know the bullpen or pitching something. So right, and Trevor Bauer is still on administrative leave, and I think that'll likely continue throughout the season. I just don't know why they don't play some administrative leave for the entire entirety of the season. Padres already made a move with Adam Frazier, getting him from the Pirates. Uh, not a pitcher. Well, but... like, uh, yeah, you get an all-star second baseman hitting 320, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Astros in Seattle made an odd trade where they made a trade in the division, and Seattle's that one team. They're you know, on the outside looking in. They're making a run at the wild card. So they got rid of their best reliever, Kendall Graveman, for a uh, prospect or a guy who is Abraham Toro, who's been up for a couple years, and we'll see what happens with him. And they're so, playing yeah, right they're now, so I think he just had to go across the dugout, right? Isn't that the case? Yeah, and they're right now, and he, he's the first player ever to hit a home run against one team and then hit home run against that other team for the team the next day. So another weird thing. So yep. he, he did that yesterday. Like the Yankees are out of it. We'll see what they do. And you got, you know, I like I like Tampa Bay adding Nelson Cruz. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to pick a team in the American League right now, I'd probably pick Tampa Bay to, to win it again. Yep. I And I love how the Rangers and Diamondbacks are playing a series right now. Um, two worst teams in baseball. Just it's two of the I guess Baltimore. We can't we can't let lose Baltimore out of our sights or Pittsburgh. But it it's just great. And, and my pet peeve is the Twins are obviously dumb, mm-hmm. and they're trading some guys away. But they're obviously going to need pitching next year. Yep. And they're not rebuilding. They're going to try to compete next year. Mm-hmm. So why not trade for a pitcher now? Would make sense. <laughs> Why not, you know, you could trade for him in the offseason. Maybe the asking price would be less in the offseason, or he can sign a free agent, or there's maybe a a prospect or two you're going to rely on next year. But why not? Why do you, that's with the buyers and sellers, why can't you buy for next year? Saying, all right, we're obviously selling off Nelson Cruz and whoever else. Mm -hmm. But we also need a pitcher for this year, so we would like to get somebody 
for now and for the future, and that really never happens. Right, and they're getting said, people for the future, but not two or three years down the road. Not somebody who can help next year. Right, and as you said, they, it, this isn't like they're in a full rebuild. It's just not been a good year for them. The pitching has not been there. They have the bats. They just need the pitching to come through, and they have pieces in place. So yeah, this isn't this isn't a Pittsburgh Pirates, Arizona Diamondbacks, Texas Rangers like rebuild here. Or Kansas City Royals. No, like, like, they're, yeah, they're, they're expected to be good next year. Yeah. Yep. So, well, if that's the case, does sound like there's mutual, um, uh, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, respect. Shake the hand. Shake the hand. Um, it does sound like they're, uh, that, that both sides between Byron Buxton and the Twins want a new deal. Oh, it sounds yeah. like the Twins want to work out a deal with him, so... We'll see where that goes. Um, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's like it's so hard because he gets hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's finally figured it out, it appears. And like we said, like I thought it was important he played the rest of the year, and he literally gets hurt the next day after I say that. Yep. And he's like, he needs to come back and do something this year. Because mm-hmm. what was it, seven years, $80 million they offered him. And he obviously wants more than that. And they're, they're not going to trade him or anything like that. But, mm. like, again, like, make this easy. Like, I'm sure he wouldn't like this, but make it hugely uh, incentivized to contract where if you have 500 plate appearances, you get $20 million. I love, I love incentive-laden deals because it means that you're obviously like, good enough. Yeah, you're good enough to do it. You just have to stay healthy. It's Because... Yeah. He's what? He's been around six, seven years now, and there's been one year, one year, he's had over 300 at bats. He's missed, in the last two or three years, he's missed 37. He's only played 37% of the time. Yeah. So, like, how do you pay a player that just isn't healthy? I don't care how good he is. I don't care if he's Mike Trout when he plays. If he only plays 60 games, 80, 80 games would be something. If he played 80 games, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. So how do you pay a guy a hundred million dollars for a long time if he's hurt two thirds of the time? I, I you just can't justify that. Right? No, absolutely just, not. No, I, I, I. If he goes somewhere else and tears it up and wins an MVP and plays 140 games, you're like, all right, well, that's the chance to take. But he's going to be 28, 29, and 28 years old, and he hasn't shown he can stay healthy. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll stay healthy for the next ten years. I doubt it, but at least he's finally, seemingly figured it out. Right. Nope. I agree with you on that. Um, anything else baseball wise we need to get to? No. What do we got? Uh, Forty games to go, so we're getting down there. We are. Again, like I think, like, I think like the playoffs are set. I feel like there's no team. It's not in the playoffs. All it's going to be in there when it comes. So we're just working on. Seating right now, which should be close, and about 60 games left, a little under 60 games. Yes, yep, yep, we're at 100 games right now. Yep, and it's interesting that the Mets and the Yankees, the the Mets are one game better than the Yankees. That is so, but everybody, but everybody shits on the Yankees because they're seven games out of the playoffs, Mm -hmm. and the Mets, because they're in a terrible division, they're leading the division, and they're the only team. 500 so no the Mets are one game better than the Yankees but 
you know, it's, it's kind of perspective of what, what division you're in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The very average NL East. Very good. Um, Brewers are leading the NL Central. And speaking, uh, we talked about Milwaukee Bucks. We talked, I just had to mention the Brewers because that leads me into Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Packers, which sucks for Vikings fans and the Vikings in general. Uh they, they came to an agreement. It sounds like they're voiding the, the 2023 contract year, converting some, you know, to a signing bonus. They're trying to bring Randall Cobb in because Aaron Rodgers, apparently, that was one of his stipulations or demands is that he wants Randall Cobb. Like, what's Randall Cobb going to do at this point? But, I mean, Randall Cobb was really good out of the slot. You add that with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, like the pretty lethal Packers offense, uh, potentially. But I... I just feel like we're, you know, we're still geared towards a ticking time bomb here with when Rodgers is fed up with Green Bay. I thought this is probably his last year in Green Bay. Maybe he plays another year. Who knows? Um, I, 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 so I, he is, he is he under contract for next year? I believe so, I'm yes. Unclear, I'm un, I yes. am unclear of what his status is. Is I he think, a free agent here? No, I, I think he is a... I think it, they are going to try and work out a trade with a team in the off season, but I believe he is under contract for next year. All right, so that sucks because I want him on my favorite team. So. Right, right. I think this whole thing—it just feels like we've—it had been talked about for months and months, and then the—I mean, it, it kind of culminated all last week when sports books started taking the Packers off of the betting board. Like, oh, they were expecting a. Aaron Rodgers might retire, and maybe that's what spurred this on uh, with, with the Packers, you know, giving him some concessions, though it really feels like Aaron Rodgers kind of caved in all of this here. I I just, I don't really understand. For all of the drama or the, the, the self-made drama that happened for months, a very anticlimactic ending. Oh, he came back? Oh, the Packers are going to do some stuff? Wall, who didn't see? It's just... I don't know. It just feels like there we were kind of taken for a bit of a ride here, which, uh, I mean, that's, I guess, some of our faults, uh, like mine and, you know, other people in the media spinning this story or, uh, you know, keeping pushing it like like ESPN for you know, on, on either radio or NFL Live kept asking, oh, what's, what's up with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I just feel like... Uh, the last three or four months now have been complete a complete waste because at the end of the day he came back and he's likely to get a couple of guys back. I mean, it's just it's stupid. We talked about Adam Schefter and him breaking the story, right? Yes. Uh, well, the 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 non news news that he tried to spin. Where like he was on Dan Patrick, what a few weeks or few months after that, and Dan Patrick asked him about that and. Like, I don't like Adam Schefter. I don't like him at all. And he went and said, like, it was not any new information, and he did it because the draft was that night, and he works for ESPN, and that was a lot of interest during that night to see if Aaron Rodgers was going to get traded to Denver or San Francisco or wherever. So he was smart in that aspect of not necessarily making up a story, but is conveniently releasing the information the day of the draft, saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. Yeah. And that was very convenient for him to release that the, the morning of the draft. So I don't like him at all. And, yeah, he didn't 
there wasn't new any information, I guess. It's not like he got something the day or two before that and says, I have to get out of that. It was something that was apparently brewing for a long time, and he just decided to release it at an opportune time. So, in the end, the Packers didn't cave, and they said, we're not trading you, so you can do whatever you want, but we're going to try to keep you, so we will see what happens. You know? uh, if- they got off to a bad start, or they, 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 they lose a couple games in a row, it's going to be all you hear about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do think they, they, I mean, they should be fine. They should be good. They should be as good as any other team. Yep, so. I think they win the North. I think the, the Vikings will compete with them. I think this is... This probably drops the Vikings down to you know from twelve and five to maybe eleven and six. I think the Vikings are still going to be a wild card team. This defense looks very very good at least on paper. Uh, the offense should be good. You never know what happens on the injury front, but I, I think you have to. I, reasonable minds would say that now with Aaron Rodgers back in the saddle and if the Packers get Randall Cobb to pair with Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones. Along with Aaron Rodgers, you'd be crazy not to pick them to win the North, even if the Vikings' defense is substantially better. Is that fair? Yeah, Vikings somehow beat the Packers last year. I don't know how. Yeah, it's stunning. The Vikings won a lot of games last year. I don't know how they did it because they weren't very good. No, and the Vikings are going to be very good this year, but they're, they're they also have a more difficult schedule. So, A lot of people like the Vikings. A lot of people... And with this defense and all the moves they've made, like a lot of people like what they've done. Mm-hmm. And right um, We'll see. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, like I said, they have to get off to it. They have to get off to a great start. They have to be minimum six and one after their first seven games, yeah. I think, or at worst five and two. Six and one though is ideal. Or seven and zero oh is ideal. Six and one, I think, is very, very doable. But that's. That's what it's I've got never, to be. I've never liked the Bears. I like Bears, but not the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I, I like Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. So if he were to do something, and if he were to make them good, I would not hate the Bears for the first time. Ever. Really? All right. Because of what the Vikings tried to do to get him, and we wanted him, and... The Bears did what the Vikings didn't do. Mm-hmm. Went up and got a quarterback. So if Justin Fields ends up being something, I'll be happy for him. Because I think he's going to be good. I agree. I think the Vikings are you know, terrible. I agree. That'll be interesting. I think the Bears are in for the, – the, Justin Fields will be starting by the time we get to the double-digit double weeks. I don't see Andy Dalton being able to, to lead the, the Bears to – to much success. And then they'll have to throw in. Um, but uh, Justin Fields. Fields. But uh, but yeah, well, we'll see what happens there. And then uh, other... So yeah, we have training camps going on and everything. Um, then wake the other, me up in the thunder stacking. Wake me up. Okay, I'll, I'll wake you up for that. Uh, then, then we have the big news this week of Oklahoma and Texas deciding to break ranks with the Big 12, and they want to go to the SEC. Um, it can't get done until July 1st, 2025, unless, you know, the Big 12 just says, okay, fuck you guys, like, get out of here. Um, I don't... 
there are a lot of tentacles to the story. Maybe we could talk about this more next week. But I guess, I mean, Oklahoma and Texas have have uh, petitioned to get an invite to the SEC. Texas A&M is steadfast against this, but they need at least two other schools, more more than likely three, to say uh, no. We don't want Texas and Oklahoma in there. If I'm the SEC, I don't want. I, I, we don't need Texas and Oklahoma in there. Um, so it would be kind of nice to see them get the middle finger. If I were a team like Vanderbilt, I don't think I'd want Texas and Oklahoma in there because we already they, they already struggle with every other team in that conference. So why why add two teams that have a pedigree that are already good, especially in football? Um, I. I Texas and Oklahoma clearly need the SEC more than the SEC needs them. So I would hope that the SEC gives them the, the big middle finger. I doubt they will. But I guess this leaves my next question as to where does the Big 12 go from here? And then apparently someone's floating the idea of maybe the Big 10 starting to purge Pac-12 teams off. Um, I, I, don't get, I don't know what the hell is going to go on here, but we are in... For a lot of conference realignment coming up here over the next four to five years, again. Well, so we did this, we did this ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Team shifted, and once that was all done, like it was really just a bunch of crap. Was just shifting from one conference to another. Mm-hmm. Was there any team that le- there wasn't any team that moved a conference that really made a huge impact on the field? Did they? Nebraska's not good. No, no, no. Uh, like teams kind of shifted conferences, and like th- this is a big move. Like Oklahoma, Texas, fuck mm-hmm. Texas because they're terrible. But Oklahoma is they're 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 a big time player, mm-hmm. and they're a playoff team every year most times. Like for the SEC to get them, that's that's good for that conference, and. We'll see what happens with the 12 team playoff. See if there's any changes with that when you've got the SEC. And, you know, most years they're going to get probably at least three teams in, if not four. Now, Alabama's always going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Georgia or Florida seemingly would always be in the playoff, if not both of them. And then you add Oklahoma to the mix, you know. Um, if it was a 14 playoff, like Oklahoma probably wouldn't be in the playoff. Right. They're probably going to lose a little bit more in the SEC. Mm-hmm. But since the playoffs expanded, they should be fine. And Texas is disappointing all the time. If, so. if Texas goes, if, if, if they do get in accepted into the SEC, the Longhorn Network's got to go, right? That's interesting. I don't know. Probably stays, but it's like that's not been. I don't know if that's been a huge money maker for them, but that seems like a failure. Not the moneymaker uh, they were hoping for, anyway. Like I, I forgot. I literally forgot that was a thing. <laughs> the Longhorn Network. I did. Uh, with, with Texas A&M, I, I, I hate Texas A&M because they're never any good. Like, I can understand. Like, what, what the fuck do they care if Oklahoma or Texas? Like, it's not up to them. Right. Like, you, you move to the SEC. That's fine. You haven't done shit in that conference. And you've gotten away from the Big 12 because you couldn't win there, and you can't certainly not win in the SEC. It's like recruiting or what like what they don't want them in. Like, well, who cares? So I hate Texas A&M. 
So here's You'd my. Have... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You have 16 teams now, so I don't know what you do for. If you put, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma would have to be in the West, I would think. Yep. So what do you do? Kind of all these teams in the SEC West are kind of rivals. You know, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Old Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas. You, would you? Well, I, don't, I have no idea how you put these teams together. Do you move one of those teams to the East? Well, I think you probably maybe you You're move, not going to split up Alabama and Auburn. Maybe you maybe you move Alabama and Auburn to the East. Move Missouri to the West along with A and M, uh, Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, Arkansas, LSU. Because I, I don't know what to do. You can't make it one big conference because that's 16 teams no. and that's too many. Like, you yeah. just can't make that. No. You have to have two divisions there. And and this has got I – don't, I don't see any reason why this won't happen. And You see this? You see this on the TV there? See that today? And then uh, with, with the Big 12, if this happens, the Big 12 is done. Yes. Like it, it, it's done. Yeah. Now, I and think... then, then we're going to have the fun of where do these other – six to eight teams go so that's a lot of fun so i think what so i kind of played around with this a little bit and it's something i want to look at look into a little bit more because you know me and you know like division realignments kind of, this is kind of my uh kind of my wheelhouse so i kind of looking through here some stuff i don't think the acc would go for this i know jay billis has mentioned about trying like the acc and sec trying to do like a super merger or something i don't necessarily buy that because uh, that's way too many teams that's just a ridiculous amount but here's what i'm thinking the big 10 purges notre dame off of the acc now the acc really? is going to be like they're going to steadfast oh we don't want that well guess what notre dame's going to say like oh we see a lot more money from the big 10 we're going to go there. So screw you, ACC. ACC is like, okay, my gosh, what are we going to do here? Um, uh, okay, West Virginia, come back. West Virginia is not a huge, but it's fine. And then the ACC comes to the Big Ten. And they say, uh, Big Ten, you, you screwed us with Notre Dame. Um, and the Big Ten's like, okay, you know, just for your for your troubles, here's Maryland and Rutgers back. Like, go just get that. Like, go to hell. Then. Well, they're like, well, you know what? Uh, let's throw the Big 12 a bone here because we feel bad. Get Give back Nebraska because Nebraska is not worthy of anything. Get them out of here. No offense, Charlie. So Nebraska rejoins the Big 12. And then you can either discuss a Big 12-Pac-12 merger to a oh, super conference or you could bring in Houston, you could bring in SMU, uh, potentially a Boise State. You could do that because, like, it just—I think if Texas and Oklahoma leave, West Virginia has got to be like, okay, like let's let's get out of here. Like, if the Big Twelve is dissolving, so the Big Twelve can add like, Nebraska. Like Nebraska is not going to leave the Big Ten. I know. I want the Big Ten to kick Nebraska out. Yeah, but that ain't gonna happen. Well, it, it, in my mind, in my world, I don't think they would kick Maryland out either. But that's where this whole Pac twelve. If they, that's where the Pac twelve thing is interesting. If they purge like Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA, like a lot of these, you know, the schools with higher academics and stuff. It, it's just it's weird. There's a lot of stuff going on, but 
I kind of I would love to see Notre Dame jump into the Big Ten and just see what the ACC would do then. I mean, the Big Twelve is one, and those eight other schools would disperse to wherever. Yep. Like West Virginia, like, I think the the American Conference would be the big winner here. Probably, yep. Because they would essentially replace the the Big Twelve as that fourth or fifth. They're already what probably the sixth best conference or the best non Power Five conference. Mm-hmm. We got Cincinnati and, and Central Florida and teams that are you know near, near the top ten most years. So I think the American would be the big winner here. And apparently the big news over the last hour or so, probably going to be a big story tonight and tomorrow and this week, is that apparently the Big 12 is claiming that ESPN is conspiring with the American Conference to take three or five Big 12 teams to the American. What? Dennis Dodd of CBS has tweeted this out uh, <laughs> half hour ago. So he did that. So that, like, ESPN's a big player in this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there, you, you move to the SEC because you're going to make $10 million more in TV money. Like, ESPN controls college sports. Yes, they do. The network, CBS, all of these TV networks control college sports. And Oklahoma and Texas, I assume, want to move to the SEC because it's the best conference with the most money. And I believe they're going to go from like 34, 35 million a year to about 44, 45 million a year. An increase of $10 million mm-hmm. in TV, just in TV money to, to move conferences. So it's a smart move for them because you follow the money. And because uh, the Big 12, like the Big 12, if you don't have Texas and Oklahoma, what does ESPN care about the Big 12 anymore and, and their TV deal? So it'll be interesting to see if, if anything comes of that story to where, like, I think Kansas going to the ACC would be great for basketball. Um, like Iowa State, does Iowa State go to the American? Uh, Oklahoma State is probably the best football team left. Where do they go? Do they go to the Pac-12? So does the Pac-12 add a couple of those teams? That's that's interesting. Uh, does the Big 12 or the Big 10 add anybody? I don't think the Big 10 adds anybody, really. And like the, with the Big 12, like there's no big media markets. There's no Rutgers out there. We're like, well, they're not good at anything, but they're close to New York, so we want them. Right. So it is it is intriguing to see where teams like where, where does Baylor go? Where does where where do these teams go? Mm-hmm. And I think. Uh, probably the half of them are going to end up in the American, and I think the American is going to be a pretty—it's going to be a better conference if you had a couple of those teams to the American. And you then could, if you do that, you could add some to like, the Mountain West too, then potentially. Sure, if you do that, that would fit too. If you do that, then you have to change how this new playoff system is going to work because all of a sudden mm-hmm. you don't have a Power Five; you have a Power Four. Then you have the Mountain West or the American improving quite a bit with these former Pac-12 schools, and they're obviously going to want to be in the playoff mix. So how does that work with the playoff? Do you get four, five, six automatics from these conference winners? How does that work? So it is it is very exciting. I wonder what proof uh, Bowlesby has, the commissioner of the, uh, the Big 12 has against um, 
ESPN? Because this seems like a pretty reckless accusation. Unless... I believe it. I believe it. We'll see what happens, but... If that if that if ESPN does that that's 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 seriously damaging to them if they are found guilty of this. I think Bowlesby it's, now because he said it, he's he's frantic about doing something, and so like he's trying to save his conference right, at this point. Right. So if he's if he's going to say this, he better damn well have proof because otherwise, then it then it's going to disintegrate faster than what he even thinks. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. So it could be the end of the Big 12. It oh. very well could. It very well could. Um, are we ready to talk cereal or uh, anything else that we need to get to? We can talk about the uh, like NFL players who don't want to get vaccinated. We can talk about that in yeah. the coming weeks. Um, and head, Washington head football coach Ron Rivera is beyond frustrated he said and he has right to be because he has cancer or he had cancer he's not fully healthy yet uh even though he's beaten cancer it's still you know his immune system obviously still weak and the fact that washington is one of the lowest vaccination rates in the league is startling and we we talked about the dumbass that cole beasley is and some of these other uh dumbasses out there i mean it's it's ridiculous yeah that's something we can talk about once the season gets closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's bad. I just... What, what, what do we have? Are we on G's this we are, week? Or yeah, we, we are going to do G's and H's if you are up to, up for that. Sure. Anything else sports-wise we need to get to before before then, though? A lot of stuff with the with college football, and what, we're a month away from Labor Day and then football starting. So yes. Got about a month to that's very good, very exciting, and we'll have a lot. We'll talk a lot of college football here in the month of August. So definitely something to to keep an eye on here. But let's get into the G cereals. Um, there's a fair amount of them, so uh, we'll start with Goline cereal crunch by Kashi. What is that? I think it's some kind of Goline. Gotta be something uh, like granola and give you energy. Oh boy, I've never heard of this. I want to say no. Uh, probably doesn't taste good at all. No. All right. Until I, proven otherwise, I've never, I've never seen it. Never heard of it. Golden Crisp by Post Cereal. Honest to Christ, one of the worst, worst cereals I've ever had in my life. Really? Golden Crisp. These the little. I've had it a couple times. It they were terrible. They were, they're not. They kind of look like coffee beans. I've never had coffee. It tastes like shit. Uh, golden crisp, right? Golden crisps. Golden crisps. Yep. Fucking terrible. Fucking awful. <laughs> One of the worst cereals. I've tr- a lot of these cereals I haven't even tried. I've tried this, and it is maybe the worst cereal I've ever had. Okay. Up up there with grape nuts. But it is bad. As grape, we'll probably get the grape nuts again. Just yep. put a bunch of rocks in my mouth and see if it cut a flaw. How about Golden Goals by Quaker? Whatever the hell this is. Sounds like soccer. No. All right. Golden Grams by General Mills. Golden Grams, another thing that's that's uh, that's a no for me. 
Those would be what Frost did. Uh, what's the other name for Golden Grams? Um, the uh, Frosted Cinnamon Crunch. Yeah, but th- these aren't like these aren't quite frosted or something. There's not they're not as heavy heavily dusted as like cinnamon toast crunches. Like Golden Grams, they kind of maybe look like checks. I love checks. Uh, can't say I've ever had Golden Grams, but uh, we'll give them a no. But I, I would give them a chance maybe, but it's a no. Okay, uh, let's go with Golden Odies by Quaker. Quaker and Post gonna have the most boring goddamn series. <laughs> with Quaker and the Quaker Ben Franklin guy in their packages. Yep. Golden Odies. Uh, no, no, a lot of oatmeal in their in their. Uh, Repertoire, I guess, but no, no golden Odies. How about Golden Puffs by Malto Meal? Is that a knockoff of Golden Grams? I would guess so. If Golden Grams suck, I can't imagine what the Golden Puffs taste like. (laughs) Two thumbs down for me. Two thumbs down. (laughs) Good Friends cereal. It's a fiber cereal by Kashi and Kellogg's. Never heard of it. Good friend cereal. Gotta think it's not very you know, good. I, I'm looking at the box. They got two people's faces on the box. Like two actual people. Like it's a picture of two good friends. No. Okay. No, there's a lot of cluster shit in this. It's very heavy. You're going to keep your nuts out of my cereal. No. no Gr- how about Gorilla Munch by Nature's Path? That's something your kid likes. Uh, no, Gorilla Munch. I gr- Gorilla Munch. Because Gorilla Munch, I like gorillas. Um, no, I, I've never heard of it. Okay. Um, gorilla Munch. What know. are these? What, what are these? These look like kicks. These look like kicks to me. Corn puffs, Gorilla Munch. May not be bad. I've never heard of them. So are we putting you down no. for a no for that one though? No. No. How about granola in general? Hmm, granola bars are fine. Uh, Coach Digmeyer, as we know, mm-hmm. likes granola. We asked him what his favorite cereal was, so he said something from 1952. I like granola. Um, I don't like granola in my cereal. It's too heavy. It's too heavy for me with, with granola in the cereal. It's good for you. Yogurt parfaits with granola is excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I find granola too heavy, so I don't like it as a cereal. But you would, but like for, yeah, see, this is where it kind of, yeah, I, I agree granola cereal, but like granola and yogurt, as you said, uh, very good. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, we like, I granola. like Rice Krispie treats, but not right. like Rice Krispie cereal. Right. Okay, so we're, we'll kind so, of go uh, yes and no. We'll go yes and no here on granola. Uh, this if one. We're talking cereal, then no. Cereal, no. I'm not. I don't want. No. No on the cereal. Okay. End of it. Uh, this one, I'm just going to. Well, <laughs> uh, here we. Look, there's something else. Grape Nut Flakes by Post. As if, flakes. As if uh, grape nuts themselves wouldn't be any Grape worse. nuts are terrible. Flakes of grape nuts look a whole lot better. Never seen it, never heard of it, never tried it. 
Um, so I can't I can't say yes, but like grape nuts, like god damn, my dad would like grape nuts. Melissa likes grape nuts. But you just look at these again, another heavy fucking cereal where it's cold oatmeal. It, there's just a lot. It's very heavy. Like it, you, you put it in there. What is it? Oats? What the fuck are grape nuts? Oats? Granola? What the hell are grape nuts? That's a great question. The grain, it looks like something you'd feed fucking cattle. <laughs> it, it feels like something you put in a bucket that you'd buy at the... the uh, how you make brown bread ice cream? I don't like that. It, it feels like something you would make at uh, buy at the elevator, and and give to your fucking cattle out in the pasture. Is what it <laughs> is what it looks like, honest to Christ, and what it tastes like. Um, it feels like some cattle would eat because it doesn't have much flavor at all. It looks like a, a, a grain byproduct of some sort, which it probably is. So that's a no, then. <laughs> for you, but whole grain wheat flour, malted barley flour, salt, and dried yeast. That's grape nuts. So no to me on the grape nuts. I've been a hard uh, non-supporter of grape nuts for many years. <laughs> that's the most ardent no I think we've gotten from you for a cereal. We've gotten some... Uh... Uh, no stuff, but that that was a very good rant on grape nuts. Very good. Uh, let's move on to what. Well, let's move on to H's then. Um, we'll start off with Harvest Crunch by Quaker Oats. Harvest Crunch. Haven't heard of it. No, another good one by Quaker Oats. Uh, again, looks like another heavy cereal with clumps of shit in it. No. How about Heart to Heart Blueberry Oat Cluster Crunch by Kashi? Oh, who are these Kashi people? They're very healthy. They're a Heart to Heart Blueberry. Never heard of this is I've never heard of any of these. Uh, flakes, blueberry. Not a huge fan of blueberries in my cereal. Never heard of it. Might be okay. Got to give it a no. Okay. Um. Oh, here, here's one. I, I guarantee this is a no from you, uh, but you've proven me wrong before. Hershey's Cookies and Cream Cereal by General Mills. Oh, we can't be doing that. Oh, um, yeah, that's something I'd see on the shelves, and I'd be like, why are we making cereal out of Hershey's Cookies and Cream? Um, I like Cookies and Cream. They look like little kicks. I mean, it looks, it might be good. It might be good. I don't know if I've seen it, but yeah, chocolate, yeah, it's, it's a dangerous line right there. I don't know. I do like cookies and cream. I, I, I would be interested in trying it. Okay. But it would be in more right now. They've um, got uh, Rice Krispies, cookies and cream. Maybe, well, maybe we'll dip our toe and, and do that. I don't know if this is still active or not, but Hershey's Kisses cereal. I've seen those. I'm, I'm no, no on that. Okay, no so on that. It is still active. That's good to know. They've got uh, a Hershey's chocolate bar. We just put a fucking three piece of chocolate bars in a fucking <laughs> bowl and call that cereal. Little Hershey's chocolate bites, like no, just no. 
Currently at thirteen dollars a, a, a box, which is extreme. Holy crap! All right, Australian now, food shop. Now we got one that we're we're gonna go through this and see if there's any ones that you like here. Honey bunches of oats. Are you a honey bunches of oats fan? No, I'm not a fan. Okay, so honey bunches of oats. Let me um, just go and all their flavors again. Another thing with almonds in it, nuts and clusters of shit. Yep. Which I don't. It might be okay, but I don't. It's it's a no. Okay. Across the. Okay. Across the board. Okay, so I'm just going to go through the present ones here. Honey bunches of oats with almonds. That's a no. Honey bunches of oats with apples with cinnamon bunches. Uh, that's a no. Honey bunches of oats with strawberries. Honey bunches of oats with chocolate no. clusters. Honey bunches no. of oats with vanilla clusters. Honey bunches of oats just bunches. What the hell is that? Honey bunches of oats. More bunches. Ones. More than shit I don't want. Yeah. Chicken and waffles, honey bunches of oats. Yeah, that's one of those goopy ones where it's like, get, get, get fucked. Maple bacon donuts, honey bunches of oats. Well, chicken and waffles is stupid to begin with. We're going to make it into a cereal. It's like, get the hell out of here. I got to tell you, the chicken and waffles from IHOP, very good. You dip the chicken in the honey mustard. You Obviously, you, you put the syrup on the waffle. It's a good combo. I don't mix fruit and meats. I don't mix meat and fruits. I like my meat separate. Meat separate. I don't like sweets on my uh, meat, and I don't like fruit right. on my meat. Okay. Um, I don't, here's one. I have no idea if this is active or not. Honey bunny. What would that be? Nice. That would be a no for me. Okay. Never heard of it. Um, Annie's, Annie's, Honey's Bunnies. Looks like uh, maybe Honey Nut Cheerios. They may be okay. Maybe Honey Nut Cheerios in the shape of a bunny. Uh, gonna go no, because I never heard of it. Honey Buzzers by Molto Meal. Molto Meal. No. All right. Honeycomb by Post Cereal. That's a yes, for, I'll give you a yes. Okay. Honeycombs, honeycombs are good. A little big, they're a little big. Um, you know, kind of in the, in the frosted mini wheat category of you can only put so many in your mouth and on your spoon at the same time. But uh, haven't bought honeycombs in a while. They were in the rotation for a bit. May have to go back to them. But uh, honeycombs, that's 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 good stuff. Okay. Um, I don't know what this is. Honey cups. Is that a knockoff? It's a good question. Uh, I don't know if this is active or who makes it. I don't know what honey cups know. I know for me. All right. Honey full wheat by Mom's Best Naturals. No. That doesn't sound very good, so I agree with you on that one. Um, Honey Graham O's by Quaker Oats. Why does Quaker Oats have the shittiest cereals known to man? Because uh, they made them in the 1600s. Yes. Honey Graham O's look like a knockoff of Honey Nut Cheerios. Can't say I've ever seen them. Uh, they appear to maybe have little bits of honey in the middle. So it, it's a no for me. Honey Graham O's. No. Okay. Honey Graham Squares by Malto Meal. 
No. I mean, that's got to be that's got to be a knockoff of um, like Golden Grams or something like that, right? Honey Graham squares. I see those in the big bags. Yeah, that's a no for me. That that's good, but don't you think that's like an off a knockoff off of Golden Grams? Um, what are these? These are the little these are little squares. Honey Graham squares, right? Multo meal? Yes. Whatever that is. What was one of the first ones you said? Uh, I thought, like, is this an equivalent to Golden Grams? It might. Golden Grams. Would you give a no uh, to? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, okay. it is. Yes. Okay. Uh, Honey Nut Clusters by General Mills. No, no, the clusters get me. It's, it's, I don't want the crunchy. I don't, I don't want the crunchies. Honey crisps and raisin crisps by Honeywell cereals. No, you gotta watch out when it comes to raisins. I like raisin bran, but you gotta, you're, you're toning a line. Toning a line. Do you ever put just plain raisins in your cereal if they don't have it? Like put raisins no. in with your cornflakes? No. No. Okay. Do you ever put bananas in your cereal? No. Okay. My no grandpa used to do that. that. My grandpa did. With yeah. his cornflakes. It's interesting. Uh, honey Nut Cornflakes by Kellogg's. I tried, what the hell was it, Frosted, Honey Nut Frosted Flakes, and that was a huge disappointment. They have Honey Nut Frosted Flakes. Honey Nut Corn Flakes, I would assume, has got to be the same, so it's a no. Honey Nut Shredded Wheat by Post. (laughs) Maybe, I I have have not uh, seen that. I don't know if this is still. I like wheat and I like honey nut. That gets another combination where it might be okay. Can't say that I've had the opportunity to uh, to see that. I don't have a, a year on this, so I don't know if that one's active or not. But it if it doesn't have a uh, if it doesn't have like a, a date by it, I presume that it is still in production. Um, I think it is. I think it is. Okay, maybe honey nut. Maybe not honey nut toasty o's. By Mom's Best Naturals. These look like knockoffs of of uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. I'm gonna say no. I give me the original. I'm sure it's fine, but stick with Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay, Honey and Oat Blenders from by Malto Meal. No, a lot of oats. No. Oh. Well, no. These nope. look, yeah, these look bad. Okay, all right. Honey puffs. Honey puffs. No, honey puffs. These look. Oh, another cereal that tastes like shit. We're probably gonna get to it. Honey smacks. That's the Not next that. one on the list. Honey smacks. Right. Mota honey puffs. Honey Smacks. Put that in the category with the other one. 
Honey Smack with the fucking frog on the thing. Yeah. Honey Smack, the other one that I hate. Is that does Golden that rank up whatever. there with grape nuts for you? Yeah, that and the other one. Honey Smacks with the fucking frog. Tastes <laughs> like shit. Tastes terrible. Well, that's what that was the next one after Honey Puffs. So Honey Smacks is one of the worst is big. That milk. and Golden Puffs, Golden Puffs in the big bag. That tastes like poop. <laughs> Uh, Hostess by Post Cereals. Oh, like is how is this a cereal? I saw um, Hostess. Uh, I've seen Twinkies by these assholes. I've seen Donuts cereal. I've seen Honey Buns, the Hostess Honey Buns, which are great, but not in a cereal. They they may taste good, but I, those are the ones I look at and say this is ridiculous. We've gone too far. I don't know what the hell Hostess is coming up with. Uh, you're a little snack company with Twinkies and donuts and honey buns. You stay out of the goddamn cereal aisle. Mm-hmm. So no to anything Hostess would make in a cereal box. It, uh, you're, this is what caused all this to begin with, folks like Hostess. I got two final ones for you here. Hy-Vee Mahomes Magic Crunch. Maybe it's good. I'm sure that's down in Kansas City. Is it a flake? I don't know what the hell it is. Mahomes Magic Crunch. I have a. I have I two boxes of it. You have it? I do. Yep. I haven't had it yet, uh, but it's it's in the it it's like, in the mix. It's probably very stale at this point. I haven't gotten around to it yet. It's more like a keepsake. Looks like awesome flakes. I'm sure it's fine, but uh, I'm gonna give it now. Oh, how can you give it to a no to the Hall of Famer? Oh. Oh, I can't believe it. I Give can't. me a box. Give me a box. Change my mind. All right. I'll get you one there. And finally, Hy-Vee, uh, Kirk Cousins Crunch. Fuck him and anything he puts his goddamn name on. <laughs> I wouldn't be goddamn thing. That's like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, so him. you probably wouldn't like it. Fuck him and his, and his family. Oh, there we go. And that does it. So this week, I count... I think you got one yes out of me. Yes, I got one yes, and I got like a part, and that was Honeycomb. Honeycomb is the only one that you would like. You did say that granola would be good in bars, like a granola bar or yogurt, but as a cereal, no. So, almost. What would, be, uh, what would knockoffs of Honeycombs be in the Big Bang? Whatever those are. Put me down. I don't know if those start with an H. I got honey think. buzzer. Put those down. Honey buzzers. Oh, honey buzzers. Okay, we're gonna. That's multo meal. Multo yep. meal honey buzzers, which are the same. Not quite as good as honeycombs, I don't believe, but still in the ballpark. Okay, so back to back there on the yeses. Next week it's gonna be a fairly short list, but we have a number of. We'll have. We'll go through four letters coming up next week. I, J, K, and L. So Very exciting. Yeah, we got a lot there. Anything else we need to get to? Late breaking news on the trade front. Former Minnesota twin Eduardo Escobar. The twins traded a few years ago to Arizona. Yeah. Where's he going, Stacking? He's going to the, 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 the Brewers. 
Yes, he is. He's going to Milwaukee. Yeah! Woo! Having a uh, solid season. Good power. Not much for batting average on base, but uh, he's got 22 home runs. So, Eduardo Escobar joining, uh, going from the worst, one of the worst teams in baseball to one of the best. Arizona to Milwaukee, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. So, uh, Eduardo Escobar going to Milwaukee. Very good. I can't believe I got that right. I Between that and Colin Morikawa, I should probably just buy a lottery ticket. We're good. And also, uh, the Astros have acquired the closer from the Marlins. His name is Yimi Garcia. So, uh, the, the, the Astros. The Astros have gotten him. So, they've added uh, Kendall Graveman from Seattle. They've been a great year out of the bullpen. And uh, the... Uh, Marlins closer, who I do have on one of my fantasy teams, who's having a okay year. So Houston adding to their bullpen. Doggone it, Marlins! What are you doing? What are you doing? Pulling them off. Very bad. All right. Well, uh, always a good time, my friend. Uh, you have a great rest of your week, and we'll chat with you next week. All right. We'll see you later. Enjoy the Olympics and enjoy those, all those Honey Nut cereals. I'll do the second one. The second one is do <laughs> Very good. Very good. Thank you, my friend. All right. I'll see you. Travis Crittens joining here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. It was very, very good. Um, haven't talked in a little bit, so uh, good stuff there. Uh, we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, Olympics going on right now. Uh, again, the big story, Simone Biles bowing out the team uh, all around individual, all around title. Um, focus on mental health. Again, someone who suffers from uh, mental health issues, you know, anxiety and depression. I'm not one to to judge here on this. I, I think that the the amount of pressure put on her shoulders. I hope that there is someone. I hope U.S. gymnastics gets her the help that she needs because, like, yeah, she is a massive star, and um all that pressure on the world and she just didn't feel it like she had it that that would be very difficult so um yeah not not a good situation there but uh go team usa keep bringing home the gold the silver the bronze uh the awesome uh, uh lydia jacoby uh the 17 year old from alaska winning gold in her event and her high school the, the gymnasium going absolutely nuts there in seward alaska or seward alaska fantastic to see there uh so that was really cool um hopefully we we see a lot more good stuff in the pool and we'll get to the track and field coming up here uh the continued success in water polo and and uh, and all the like so uh for travis i'm nathan thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of sports block podcast podcast can be found on podcast.com twitter at indy stacking uh, at Travis Crins, Facebook Nathan Stack, and again a link to the post, uh, link to the podcast post in middle to later part of each week. Have a great week, and we will talk to you again next week. More Olympics talk, baseball, college football as well. Charlie Hildebrand will be joining us here at some point here in the near future to start previewing the season. Uh, but Olympics, serial, college football, baseball, and the like. So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Stay cool out there and enjoy the weekend. 
Nathan Stacking here saying thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. Talk to you next week, everyone.